getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Hi, hi, hello everybody in Broncos country and welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. My name is Lance Sanderson. I'm your host as always and joining me once again this week after his bout with some personal stuff that he had going on last week is my good buddy and colleague Eric Trickle. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm glad to be back. I had to take some time away for personal reasons, which I'm actually going to end up talking about on this podcast, but uh, that's for a little bit later. But I'm glad to be back, glad to be talking Broncos. I'm glad that the Broncos were able to end the season by giving the now former Oakland Raiders a loss. And I love saying that now former Oakland Raiders, you know, technically they're still not the Las Vegas Raiders yet. They won't be until the start of the new league year, but they're the former Oakland Raiders. Okay. I love, I love being able to say that the last thing that the Oakland Raiders have ever done was losing to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. That's the best thing ever. Yes, it is. We hate the Raiders here. Everyone who's listening should hate the Raiders too. We're Broncos fans, guys. Hate the Raiders. Well, and that's kind of the theme of today's episode, Eric. And we, we talked about this briefly before we got started today. And, you know, we, we've always been, you know, the Dove Valley Deep Divers, the the analysts, and we, we try to give you the best analysis that we can. And today, instead of doing that, instead of really breaking down anything, obviously with the Broncos not playing anymore, it's, it's kind of a little bit early to get talking about some of the draft stuff. We're having our fan episode this week. You know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about our you know some favorite moments of this year, some favorite uh, least favorite moments of, of this year, and go back and take a look back at the at the last decade. We are moving into the 2020s now, the Roaring Twenties. Everyone, they better be having great Gatsby parties all over the place. I mean, come on, let's go. But I mean, just talking about being a Broncos fan and just the the way that this team has impacted our lives over the last year, so or uh, last ten years, anyways. So, so here we go. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Over this last year, it's been kind of a, an interesting year to really think about, really kind of analyze and everything like that. And I mean, it's been, it was a hard year because with the Broncos being so up and down and I mean, the, the big down moments, obviously losing, you know, big close games and last minute field goals and everything like that. The, the struggles and consistency of the quarterback play Flacco and, and Brandon Allen, then getting to see Drew Lockett's. I mean, it's really kind of hard for me to pick just one thing that, is like my most favorite moment or most favorite thing about the 2019 season. But Eric, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off here by saying that the the best thing that I think came out of 2019 is the fact that the Broncos did actually get Drew Locke, and it looks like they've hit. It looks like he is going to be the quarterback of the future. I mean, there's just the poise and the composure that the kid has, the moxie and everything like that. It's that's the the best thing. The Broncos have been needing that quarterback since Peyton Manning retired, and. To, to be able to have him and the plethora of weapons that they have surrounding him, I mean, they need another couple of pieces, but I mean, f- finishing 7-9 and nine and not necessarily a lot of it was his fault as far as losing goes, obviously he only lost one game in his five starts, but just the, the fact that, you know, the, the Broncos have a potential answer moving forward and we don't have to talk about the quarterback position in the 20, uh, 2020 NFL draft, that's the biggest takeaway for me for this year. I definitely think that's a good one. Being able to have that key position figured out, or at least potentially figured out, is just a breath of fresh air for the Broncos because they haven't had that since Brent, since Peyton Manning left. I mean, we almost paid Brock Osweiler. We had to deal with Trevor Simeon. We had to deal with Paxton Lynch. Case Keenum, all these other quarterbacks that we had to deal with. And it's nice that we finally have a guy so we don't have to worry about that. My favorite Bronco moment is one specific play. And the reason why this play is my favorite is just because I remember all the, all the whooping and hollering that I did after seeing it. It was when Dalton Reisner basically picked up Philip Lindsay and threw him in for a touchdown. Like, it's just such a funny moment and it shows the competitiveness of an offensive lineman that you, you see, but you don't really get to see that obvious. So watching him do that, the rookie picking up the second year player was just tremendous. And it showed that there is a lot of fight left in these Denver Broncos and they were pushing for it. Obviously. I mean, he picked up the guy and basically threw him into the end zone, but moving on, we're going to go and talk about our least favorite moment of the 2019 season. And there's, there's a lot of them. I mean, it wasn't a good year. Obviously, the Denver Broncos, they failed to meet expectations. A lot of Broncos fans and analysts actually thought that this was a team that could potentially compete for a playoff spot. They thought Joe Flacco was going to be a guy who can come in and at least be a solid foundation and that the running game would get going and the defense would play tremendous football. And it just didn't happen. So when you have all these this letdown of a year, there's a lot of moments that can, st- that can stand out as your least favorite moment. But for me, it's losing to the Oakland Raiders in the season opener. I mean, in our opening for this episode, guys, we were talking about how we hate the Raiders. 
man, I would have loved to been able to sweep the Ra- sweep the Oakland Raiders as their last year as the Oakland Raiders. That would have been tremendous, and who knows what it would have done for the trajectory of the rest of the season. But it just comes down to the fact that Denver lost to the Oakland Raiders to start their season, and that hurts. As a Broncos fan, that really hurts. Yeah, and that's you know that's a that kind of ties in perfectly to the the point that I was going to make as far as the the least favorite moment of the the 2019 season because you know the the Broncos were actually in a position to win that game and Deshaun Hamilton dropped a, a crucial touchdown pass it was I think it was late in the third quarter and it would have gotten gotten the Broncos to within a score and it really could have changed the entire dynamic of that game you know so that's that's really leads into the, and it was really kind of the theme to me for the Broncos especially on the 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 way that they were losing games losing the close games and i mean we've got what three games that they lost by game winning field goals in the last minute of the game it, you've got the one that is my least favorite moment of the entire season and that's the Minnesota game I mean, Brandon Allen came out and played a really hot first half, got the Broncos up 20 to nothing, and, I mean, they just were marching up and down the field against the Vikings. And, it, I mean, it was going to stun the NFL because everyone had the Vikings winning that game. And, it, I mean, it, it turned out that that was the case. But the way that the Broncos played in the first half and then the way that they came out and played so flat in the second half. And they let Minnesota have a couple of big touchdown plays. Obviously, the, the Stephon Diggs post against Chris Harris Jr. Like, there's there's a, I mean, a, a plethora of issues that the Broncos had there, but just the way that the team came out just hot and heavy, firing on all cylinders, and then laid the biggest egg of the, the last, you know, five years in the NFL. Like, it was definitely the most disappointing thing that we saw with the Broncos this year. Now, we're going to kind of move forward again here just a little bit. And, you know, it's not just necessarily about the Broncos. It is kind of about the fans. And the, just, you know, we're going to share a couple of personal stories with you guys really quick. Just our, our our most favorite personal moment of this last year. And it's not, and neither one of these are during the season. As most of you know, I went to Nashville to, to cover the NFL draft this year. And being behind the scenes and everything like that was absolutely a, a complete and total dream come true. But uh, an even more personal story about that is so I, I went down with my parents and they were out there standing out in the rain in the first round and when the Broncos came up to pick at 20 after they traded down there was a bunch of a bunch of Broncos fans standing around my parents and they were all betting you know who was going to be the pick and so little did everybody else know I was back behind the scenes and I remember specifically getting a text message from Eric saying that it was Noah Fant and it was good information we could go with it so I texted my dad immediately and this was before the Broncos were even on the clock or it was right it was either right before or right, just shortly after the Broncos were on the clock and I sent this text message to my dad I said it's 100% Noah Fant let everybody know if you want to well he just kind of let himself shuffle in the back mo- uh, the back a little bit and everyone was saying well it's going to be Drew Locke it's going to be Dalton Reisner it's going to be this guy or whatever and my dad just piped up and he says I'll bet you guys anything that it's going to be Noah Fant and they're like nah the Broncos don't need a tight end they don't need a tight end they, they need to go get Drew Locke they need to get this quarterback in the future and dad's like well I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's going to be Noah Fant when Roger Goodell announced the pick all those Broncos fans looked at my dad and they're like how did you know that like how did you guess that and he said, well, my son writes for Mile High Huddle. He's in the back right now covering the draft for everybody. He told me this 10 minutes ago. <laughs> that's that's a good one, man. I love hearing stuff like that. It's it's just it's just awesome to see about how just stuff like that, hearing stuff about that. I mean, 
I wasn't. I haven't been able to go to the draft I hope to at some point just for the experience. And I'm glad that that helped your experience, whole experience you had there. And for me, I for my personal story, there was a couple things I could have gone. I almost, I almost want to go and talk about how over the last decade I've had the opportunity to do something that I love, and I know that you can speak for this as well, Lance, about being able to cover the Den- cover the Denver Broncos. I, it's been what six years, seven years for me covering the Denver Broncos. I started. I mean, it's been a long time since. Chad Jensen, our boss here at Mile Huddle, he found me. I was just commenting on a place and a website called Pro Football Spot, and he hit me up. He's like talking about how, hey, you say some interesting stuff. You clearly know your stuff. Like, do you want to join? I did, and since then we've been around. We've moved around quite a bit. We were with um, Pro Football Spot. We were with predominantly Orange. I took off, and I, I mean, I was the head of that Pro Football Spot for a while. We ended up joining joining Scout as where Molly Huddle was born. I took off. I went to go cover all Denver-based sports for another site that's part of Fan Sided. And um, after a month, I came back to Molly Huddle and everything like that. And we were with what we were with CBS Sports, and now we're with Sports Illustrated. It's been a tremendous, tremendous thing, and uh, and we are we are so thankful for that, and so thankful for you guys who listen to this and read our content and everything. Because without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this. So we thank you for that. And despite making that personal, that actually wasn't my personal story. My personal story is actually about a year ago, and I remember I was sitting down, I was talking to my wife when I got a phone call, and the phone call was saying, "Hey, look." The Baltimore Ravens are making Joe Flacco available, and the Denver Broncos are interested. They're, they've been talking about a trade. They've had some communication. It's it's probably going to happen. And I remember because immediately afterwards, I decided to do an article. And this article was about some veteran quarterbacks that the Broncos could go after. And in there, I talk about specifically Joe Flacco and how he is the most likely quarterback for them to go after. And a bunch of comments that I got about it were just very hateful and just very tearing me down about it. And so, I mean, I was being called a liar. I was being accused of making stuff up, which is something that I have never done and nothing I will ever do. If I'm wrong on information, it is my bad. I mean, I know a lot of people know that I blew a whole situation last for agency. That is my fault completely. I misread, mistook, actually, some emails I got, some text messages I got on a very bad day where where I was having surgery, so... And uh, that doesn't excuse it. I just I just didn't do my job well enough. But I never make stuff up. And I never lie. It's, I mean, it, it, mistakes happen, though. But uh, with this, it was just, I wasn't making this up. Like, I was trying to tell these people, I'm not making it up. Just wait and see. Just wait and see. And then the, my, the actual moment is when the trade was announced. And I just had that, I was just able to have kind of that gloaty aspect to my demeanor about it. Because, hey, look. I reported this back in early mid January and I was called all these things about it. And who was correct? Like I had very reliable information. I passed it along. It was information that I double, triple, quadruple checked even just to make sure. So it's kind of a bit of a ego thing, ego play memory for me, I guess would be the best way to put it. But that is my favorite personal story of it, of the last decade or the last year even is just, just that, just being able to just have that self-satisfaction that despite what all these people said about me, I was correct. I knew I was correct, and I just never backed down. 
Well, you know, that's that's a big thing. You know, it's the I I remember when all that went down, and then I also remember the the big issue that we had with the the whole Adrian Amos situation. That I mean, it was it was a mistake, and I mean stuff like that happens. And I've seen people attack you a lot, and I I I don't appreciate it. I try to stay stay out of it as much as possible. But to to come out and not that this is the only one you've ever gotten right, but to have that validation where I reported this in January and it, it actually came true. Like it, this is information that I've had for a long time and it's, it's good quality information to have that and to not necessarily throw it in people's face, but to just say, you know, Hey, I, I, I hit this first and not necessarily give me the credit that I deserve, but understand that I'm not ever making this stuff up. Whatever I'm telling you guys is stuff that I'm getting told directly and can actually get released out. So I'm, I'm kudos to you on that. I wish that I could, you know, get get in touch with some of your sources and have some of that kind of information like driven my way. But at the same time, you pretty much tell me everything you get told anyway. So it's it's almost like I have that information at my hand at the at my fingertips like almost every single day. So. But anyways, guys, we're going to have to take a quick break here really fast. But before we do, I just want to remind you all to head on over to milehighhuddle.com to check out all of our written content on your Denver Broncos. At the Huddle website, you'll get breaking news, analysis, and opinion articles, as well as in-depth film breakdowns of not only Broncos players, but matchups to watch in an upcoming game or even our top-notch NFL draft coverage. Also, make sure you take a couple minutes to create your own personalized profile and hit up the comment section to voice your opinions on any topics that you agree or disagree with. It's completely free, it's easy to use, and we all love to discuss Broncos football with our readers. You can also sit in with us during the live game thread to talk your thoughts on how the team is performing as well. So with that, we got to step away for a few minutes. We'll be right back. Sit tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. All right, guys. Thank you for staying through the break and everything. To kick off the second half of this, we're going to talk about our favorite moment of the decade. Now, to preface this, we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl because, obviously, that is a tremendous moment for all Broncos fans, and I'm pretty sure both Lance and I would be picking that moment or that this one's for Pat because that is such an emotional moment for Broncos fans, the whole tribute to Pat Bowlen with everything that he's that he was battling and going through. May he rest in peace, and just that whole situation is something that is dear to all Broncos fans' heart. So we're not going to – our favorite moment's not going to be the Super Bowl because, as I said, that would probably be what we both pick. But my favorite moment of the decade – was Manning, Peyton Manning going out there 
And because of a concert, I think it was, the Baltimore Ravens weren't able to have the season opener at home. They had to have it in Denver. And Peyton Manning went out there and demolished them. Now, granted, how the season turned out wasn't so great. But just that moment, after everything that happened in the playoffs beforehand, the the Raheem Moore getting beat for the big touchdown, Tony Carter, Robert Ayers, both also blew aspects of that play. But just that whole thing, situation with that game, all the weird penalties that were called, or bad calls if you want to call them that, just everything behind it and going out there and just watching this game of pure vengeance from Peyton Manning and the Broncos offense was my favorite moment. And there was a lot to choose from, too. But that one, that that holds a special place for me. And it should. It absolutely should. I mean, Peyton Manning came out and threw for seven touchdown passes that day. And uh, I think he hit Julius Thomas three times. Like, it, it was an absolute slaughter absolute slaughter. I'll never forget. And actually one of my favorite plays from that was kind of just a little bit of a validation and like a redemption play was Dallas Clark took a pop pass up the, I think it was the left seam and Raheem Moore came downhill and absolutely destroyed Dallas Clark. It was awesome. And at that point, I knew that there was something special with the Broncos team. And obviously that's 2013. That's the year that Peyton Manning shattered every record in the quarterback record book, 55 touchdowns. Like it was an amazing season until, you know, late or well, early February in, you know, 2014, but we won't talk about that. Uh, (laughs) Now, as far as my favorite moment of the decade, it's, this one also involves Peyton Manning as well, but it's not one that really, you know, a lot of people are going to shine. It's, it's the, like, why would I go in this direction? But to me, this was the, this was the one that really kind of confirmed me that this Broncos team in 2000 and I believe it was 2012, the week six game against the, the San Diego Chargers at the time where the Broncos were down 24 to nothing at halftime. And going into the game, the Broncos were two and three and everyone's really disappointed. You know, Peyton Manning's not playing great football. The defense isn't really playing that good of football. They just got Von Miller and, and uh, I, I believe they had Sean Phillips at the time. Like the, it was, uh, or no, that was last year at Elvis Doomerville, excuse me. And so just the the way that the Broncos had played going into that game and then to go down 24 to nothing at halftime and then to all of a sudden have everything click and that pass from Peyton Manning to Brandon Stokely to give the Broncos the lead there that moment still sends chills down my spine and every time that I get a chance to watch that the just the game highlights of that game I mean Tony Carter played an amazing game although that might be the only amazing game he'd ever really played in a Broncos uniform Chris Harris Jr. had a pick six as well like just that moment that you know the Broncos are here this team is actually for real then they go on to win what their like their next 11 games or something like that it's the, that is the that is the the most perfect moment for me over the last decade. It really is. Now, the my least favorite moment over the last decade happens to be that game against Baltimore in the in the AFC Divisional Playoffs later that year. I mean, obviously you've got the the Jacoby Jones, the big long touchdown pass, Raheem Moore flailing with his arms over his head, Tony Carter, uh, you know Robert Ayers not holding contain and allowing Flacco a, a lane to step up and then heave the ball forever and a mile down the field. Like there's not only that. I mean, it's just the the complete and total disappointment. I mean, Peyton Manning had a, a fairly decent game that really couldn't get the Broncos running game going very much, but the the really weird calls, the the real I'm going to just call this point blank period, the blown pass interference call against Chris Harris Jr. in that game, which gave the the Ravens a, a first down. I believe that was in overtime too. So like there's just that game 
the I believe that that Broncos team was the best Broncos team of the decade. They were the most complete team, if nothing else. Peyton Manning was playing really good football. Eric Decker, Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas was starting to come into the fold. Like uh, I believe Noshawn Marino was running back and, and everything like that. Von Miller, obviously. The defense was very good. They were co- they could consistently create pass pressure. Very good passing defense. Like that team, honestly, if the if it doesn't go the Ravens' way in that game. I believe that the the Broncos walk out of there with a Super Bowl victory. I really do. They they would have they would have won two or and could have potentially won a back to back if they would have actually showed up in New York to play against the the Seahawks that year. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's a good one. It's I mean all of these are good moments. I mean there was a lot of there was a lot of good moments over for the Broncos and a lot of bad moments for them as well. For my least favorite one of the decade, uh, guys might want to grab your tissues for it, but. Uh, it's Mr. Boland passing away and losing his battle with Alzheimer's. And I I went back and forth for, over this one because I didn't want to go super personal with this. But uh, on Christmas Day, the reason why I wasn't on the last episode was I found out that my grandmother passed away and lost her battle with Alzheimer's. So this one hit this this moment really hits home with me, even though even though it happened before my grandmother passed away. But what he meant to the NFL world to the Broncos fans to just sports people in general is something that can't be understated. And just having, knowing what my grandmother went through with her battle of Alzheimer's, I can't even begin to imagine what, well, actually I can't imagine what was he was going through with his and his family and everything. And just, it's tough. And, uh, my grandmother was a wonderful woman. I uh, love her dearly. I miss her. She's in a better place. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's Mr. B passing away. And it's not just his, his passing. It's the fact that the, the NFL failed to get him into the Hall of Fame as he should have been before he passed away. That is such a travesty to me. There is, there is no excuse for the series of events un, un, following the way they did with that because Pat Bullen, he deserved to be in the hall of fame before he was actually inducted into it. He should have been able to be there for that, for that moment, for that enshrinement. But, uh, but guys, uh, we're, we're going to start talking about what to expect from us here at with the Valley deep divers over the next year. But before I get to that, if you guys know anybody who's suffering from Alzheimer's, Please reach out to them and say you love them because you don't know when the last moment's going to be. Uh, my grandmother, I haven't spoken to her in years because she forgot who I was. So uh, just just reach out to them. And even if they don't remember you, just let them know, let them know that you do love them. Uh, but guys, enough sadness. Uh, we have nights and night. We have big things planned for over the next year. And we're going to work on taking this this podcast to a whole new level and to start that off with is just talking about the stuff that's coming from at least on my end anyways is draft stuff is if you guys don't know i am the senior draft analyst with mylahuddle.com which lance introduces me as every single podcast so we have tons of stuff i have tons of stuff planned for draft related content over the next few weeks prior to the nfl draft as well as afterwards breaking down about who the player's draft who the the undrafted free agents what chances these guys have making the roster their impact stuff like that so much stuff planned for just the draft aspect of things building the team building the broncos 
but Lance can Lance can definitely step step in and take talk a little bit more about what you guys can expect from us. Well, and the big thing with me is the fact that this year is really going to be the the first. I've I've done a really good job over the last you know handful of years at being a, a pretty good draft analyst. But I want to take my my draft analyst and the the stuff that 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 I do, the work that I do. I want to take it to the next level, and I'm I'm really kind of hoping that being able to do the stuff that uh, that we want to do here on the podcast is going to help me learn and help me grow and help me become a better draft analyst. But not only that, I mean, we're going to try to get Nick and Carl on the show a lot. We're going to try to you know, reach out to some other people in the in the draft community and see if they want to come on and, and just talk some thoughts about football. And then after that, I mean, with Eric and the status that he has, being our Denver Broncos insider also as a senior NFL draft analyst, I mean, we got free agency coming up. We've got, I mean, I, I want to really kind of dive into some some good, not necessarily film breakdowns because it's going to be a little bit hard to do on a show where you listen to, but just good player breakdowns where we can just sit down and discuss and debate just one singular player over the over the course of this uh, of, of this draft season and over the course of this next offseason. So with that, guys, we're going to take another quick break. And on the other side, we got some news for you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, guys, welcome back to Dove Valley Deep Divers. Uh, earlier this week, we did see Eddie Jackson, Bears superstar free safety, get paid big time. Big, big, huge money. He's now the, the highest paid free safety in all of the NFL. Uh, four years, $58.4 million with 33 total guaranteed. Now, the Broncos also have a superstar free safety that is looking to get paid this year as well. He is an impending free agent. Uh, same draft class as Eddie Jackson as well. And, I mean... With Justin Simmons and the the play that he had this year, he he got selected to the uh, the second team All Pro team for the Associated Press. He was also named to the first team All Pro team from Pro Football Focus. If and with the with that, I mean, you could take a little bit of credence with that. And the the ability of this man, Eric, I know you've got some information. What's going on with Justin Simmons and the Broncos? Well, my assumption, I should say, is that Justin Simmons and his camp. They wanted to wait until after the season. They knew that Eddie Jackson was up for a new deal. Jamal Adams, a bunch of other safeties, they are up for big contracts. And while he was looking at being the highest paid safety, they wanted to see where that market actually fell. So 
I believe that this Addie Jackson deal is going to be, at the very least, the baseline for it. I wouldn't be surprised if, well, I, I, I can almost guarantee that when the deal, if the deal gets done with Justin Simmons prior to having to use the franchise tag anyways, that he will be the highest paid safety at that time. Like, he is he is going to beat this 14.6 million dollars on an average per year basis that Eddie Jackson got. My assumption would be that he's probably that he probably comes in about 14.7, 14.75 on this. But ever since the news of Eddie Jackson's deal basically breaking, I had seen a lot of people talking about how Eddie Jackson is so much better than Justin Simmons. Which he has a longer body of work. Justin Simmons has spent multiple years miscast in this Broncos defense, whereas Eddie Jackson, he got to play under Vic Fangio, and he was playing tremendous football. He was, Justin Simmons was targeted, 40, was targeted 47 times compared to 41 for Jackson. He allowed 25 receptions compared to 23 for Eddie Jackson, which is a reception percentage of 53.2 compared to 56.1. So even still, outside of the pass rusher, Justin Simmons would have had the better year. 239 yards allowed for Justin Simmons, 256 allowed for Eddie Jackson. That is 9.6 yards per reception for Simmons compared to 11.1. So even though he allowed two more catches, he allowed significantly less yards. That's going to be a huge thing there. He allowed less yards after the catch with 85 to 103. His long that he allowed was only five yards less than Eddie Jackson's. He allowed no touchdowns, had four interceptions, and 11 pass breakups. Justin Simmons allowed two touchdowns, only had two interceptions and three pass breakups. There was an NFL rating when targeting Justin Simmons of 32.1. Targeting Eddie Jackson, 70.8. Penalties, Justin Simmons won, Eddie Jackson two. Justin Simmons had a tremendous year. He was deserving of all pro first team, but he didn't get it. He got second team. He very deserving of the pro football focus first team. And basically, Denver's going to look at this last year. Well, shouldn't say Denver. Justin Simmons' agents are going to look at this year, seeing what Eddie Jackson got, and they're like, look, the minimum we're going to take is $14.61 million on an average per year basis. We are not taking any less than what Eddie, than what Eddie Jackson got because this was the better safety this last year. He is showing that he has, he is hitting his stride and he can be this kind of, this caliber safety in this Bronco scheme. You have Vic Fangio there. He's only going to improve, especially now that he knows the scheme down. It was a little bit of a rough start for Justin Simmons during the first four weeks because Kareem Jackson, he was hurt. He was still learning the scheme. Justin Simmons was still learning the scheme. And once that all got fixed, he became dominant. I mean, it, it wasn't perfect. There were still some mishaps. But Eddie Jackson is making mistakes, too. There is no way that Justin Simmons is taking anything less than what Eddie Jackson got. And don't be surprised if this deal ends up making him the highest paid safety in the NFL. And whenever Jamal Adams does his deal, that's just, he's, Jamal Adams is going to become the highest paid free, the highest paid safety in the NFL. That's just how it works. But at least for a short time, Justin Simmons, once his deal is done, can say, Hey, look, I'm the highest paid safety in the NFL. Well, and with the with the way that Eddie Jackson played a couple of years ago, that season that he had under Vic Fangio was just absolutely lights out, especially with just the, the way that he was getting his hands on the football. Had, I think, what, six interceptions or something like that. So I really want to see Justin Simmons kind of take over the that get that ball hawk mentality where he's getting his hands on a lot of footballs and everything. That's really the only more like that's really the only thing that I want more out of Justin Simmons is the ability to go and create those turnovers in just a little bit higher capacity, you know. But when it when it needs to happen, it needs it, it Justin Simmons figures out a way to get it done. I mean, it's we're not talking about a guy that can't catch the football. It's just any time that he does get his hands on the football, he's taking it the other way. So, the, I mean, 
I just want to be able to see him go out there and free range just a little bit more and go out there and be that dynamic turnover machine guy that I really thought that he was going to be, along with Chris Harris Jr. under Vic Fangio. Just the way that they, that Fangio runs his scheme. I mean, he always has a safety in the you know the top what top 10 at least in interceptions he has a, a cornerback that's always in the top five in interceptions and this year the Broncos just couldn't get it done as far as that goes but to have a player like Justin Simmons who's really coming into his own and you're absolutely right the turnaround that he had over the course of the season where he was struggling first thing earlier this year and I, I mean still taking the bad angles that you'd seen with him in the running game and the bad angles that you'd see with him uh, chasing down guys as far as like deep uh, deep routes goes deep posts and corners and everything like that there is some still some mishaps with him but at the same time I mean he's still growing and he's he's such a good leader in the locker room he's such a good man off of the field like this is a guy that Broncos need to get taken care of and even if even if Jamal Adams does come out and hit 15 million I think Justin Simmons could potentially hit that 15 million dollar a year mark but I mean even if 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 Jamal Adams comes out and eclipses that it's not going to matter Justin Simmons is going to get paid he's well deserving of getting paid this year and I really hope that the Broncos do do right by him and instead of playing this dog and pony show with the with the uh the franchise tag I hope they get a deal done before free agency starts just get it done and over with and show you know the the players that you have on your roster currently that if you come out and you improve every single year and you come out and you become a dominant player at the position you know a top five player at the safety position or whatever position you're playing you're going to get paid and you're going to get we're going to treat you the right way and Denver sometimes doesn't have a, pro, a propensity to do that with John Elway I mean we've seen it with Von Miller we saw it with Demarius Thomas I mean Matt Prater and Ryan Clady like there's a whole bunch of players that were deserving of getting paid and it was just a when is this going to get done I want this done as soon as possible and I really want to see Justin Simmons in a Broncos uniform for at least the next four years but anyways, guys, that's going to do it for us today. We're going to wrap it up here. Thank you all once again for joining us on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. You guys can follow us both on Twitter by finding me at SandersonMHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle. Also, be sure to follow at Mile High Huddle. Set up your notifications for instant updates on your Denver Broncos. Each and every story published on, our, on the Huddle website is posted immediately on our Twitter handle so you guys have instant access right at your fingertips. You guys can also like Mile High Huddle's Facebook page as well. We love and appreciate all of your guys' support, and if it weren't for you all, we wouldn't be able to do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. So until next time, Broncos country, you guys stay safe, take care, and have a good one. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.